Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and Andy and I are back with Season 2, Episode 4. Andy, how's everything going? It's going good now that you're here. Uh, I had to strike it out on my own last time, and uh, as much as I like talking hockey, talking to myself, I very much do not enjoy. And uh, it just made me appreciate, not that I didn't already, but it just made me appreciate what you bring to this podcast all the more, because... uh, yeah, I don't like listening to myself talk, although I, I can. I know I can uh, spin a yarn a bit, but I'm very thankful you're back, uh, especially because uh, I just like having someone to play off of. So, James, welcome back. Thank God. Uh, not a moment too soon. And hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully last last week was just, uh, you know, an aberration. Well, you are the backbone, the heartbeat and the spine of this podcast. I'm more like the fingernails and so- <laughs> the, the charisma. It's you got to scratch it. So that's where I come in and I'm glad I can fill that. Yeah, I can fill that void. Uh, no, I, I'm glad to be back. Obviously, I'm going through some crazy changes right now. So uh, I, I'm just excited to be able to talk hockey. It seems like hockey is finally heading in the right direction with the NHL uh, uh, finally figuring things out, which is good. Uh, so hockey is on the horizon and it can't come soon enough. But, uh, you know, uh my buddy Paul actually sent us on on Instagram a video of Sam Rosen wishing everyone a happy Hanukkah, which today is the first day of Hanukkah. So happy Hanukkah, everyone. And I always thought like that was like the start of the holiday season. It just, you know, Sam Rosen, New York Rangers, you know, December, you know, Rangers playing, you know, good hockey you know that's that's what christmas was and the holiday season really was all about so um yeah so uh love that video of sam that he put out and uh so let's just jump kind of right into things uh i if you noticed andy i i want to first bring up this i have this thing on my neck right i i think it's an ingrown hair and i couldn't i couldn't get it because i didn't have any tweezers and like that that yeah, no, it's not fun. And that night, I felt like I had an anaconda wrapped around my neck because I didn't know what was going on in there, how long the hair was, why it was hurting so much. Uh, I dug out it today. I didn't find anything. So right now, I just have a big wad on my neck. But I don't think you can really see it on the video. But it's I, there. Yeah, I, I can I can faintly see a, a bump. So that, that yeah. might be what you're talking about. So, you know, especially after you're, you're going at it, it gets a little uh, swollen or, you know, irritated, I should say. Yeah, so uh, I don't know what the hell that was and <laughs> where it came from, but it kind of popped up out of nowhere, and uh, it's been annoying me, and it's definitely playing in my mental game right now. It owns real estate in my head. So, yeah. Um, okay, so do you want to get into the realignment? Or actually, yeah. actually let's because that's the meat of the podcast. Okay. And I'm all over the place right now, but I wanted to ask you a question. Sure. I totally forgot about this. But it popped up on uh, Instagram or Facebook or something, and we spoke about it before on the podcast. But should the New York Rangers offer sheet Sorelli? Yeah, so there's been a lot of 
uh, Sorelli offer sheet talk dating. I think, you know, we were hearing about the Rangers right before free agency and just other teams. Uh, I mean, you know, like I forget how much, how much he, you know, I do wonder at this point, like, uh, I guess it depends on how much he would command and which, which, how much they'd have to compensate, uh, if he does sign said offer sheet, you know, you got to wonder that, um, is Sorelli, is he a, he's a new Englander, right? Is he a New Yorker? Uh, I'm, oh, New Yorker. I don't know if he's a New Yorker, but I'm pretty sure he's from the, the Northeast. He's new, yeah. He's a, I, well, I think he was a, oh no, he's a, he's Canadian. I don't know why I thought I was mixing him up with. Oh, else. he is Canadian. I yeah, mean, Anthony whatever. Sorelli sounds like he's from Staten Island. So don't, I know, like, don't kid yourself. It's, it's yeah. Anthony, uh, Anthony Sorelli's dad owns a, uh, you know, a hardware store in Port Jefferson, uh, Long Island or something. So, um, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, I, you know, I think on paper, he definitely, he's a, you know, great player, great defensive player. Uh, Quinn would lo- absolutely love him because he's just an all effort guy. And, He's only getting better. Um, he is definitely a player. I just love, I love offer sheets in general. I think there should be more of them. Uh, I, do. I agree. You know, I, you know, there's a part of me that wonders a lot of it is because a, the player has to sign it, you know? And I, I mean, with the, that Aho offer sheet was from Montreal. Uh, I was really excited for, uh, especially after, cause at first I, I heard they offer sheet and I'm like, all right. But then, you know, the fact that he signed it, and even though at the end of the, the day, it might have been gamesmanship on his part just to get, you know, uh, the the Canes to stop. Uh, yeah, just to give him what he wanted. Um, but no, I, I love offer sheets. I think there should be more of them. Sorelli, I, he, he is a player I think the Rangers really could use. So, you know, at this point, you have to think with getting Lafreniere and Schneider and with the, the cover they have at some point, you have to start adding to your team in other ways. So, um and especially with, I think for Sorelli, I think you look at Tampa, although they're, I sure they're going to find some, they're going to somehow they're like, they're going to probably like bridge Braden point to like a stupid contract that we're like, how did they get him to sign for that low or something, you know, and all their cap problems will go away. But, uh, yeah. you know, I, there's only so many pieces of pie over there. So, and I, Stamkos isn't leaving. I'm sure, I think they've already asked him and he's not going to wave. Um, They've asked a few of their guys, you know, Shattenkirk went, uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I, I definitely think I'd be in favor of it. I just, at the end of the day though, I guess it depends on, can you offer him offering him something that Tampa won't match? Is that too rich for the Rangers blood? And, you know, I mean, looking at, looking at Sorelli's, uh, stats well, can, last year, if you I have can also, up, I can also flip this question. Sure. If the Rangers were a year ahead of what they are right now, do you offer Sheet Sorelli? Oh boy. Uh so I'm looking I at I feel his like stats. they'd be in a better position. You know, he's forty, you know, he played forty four points in sixty eight games is pretty good. And then the year before, you know, he's only been three years in the league. He had eleven and eighteen in his first, so cl- almost close to a point per game, which is not bad uh 39 in 82 so yeah i mean half and then 44 and 68 so he seems to be on an upward trajectory you know and i think he got he definitely got some sulky votes this year so i mean he's definitely i think he's definitely the the type of player quinn would absolutely love so yeah i think i think to your point james i think next season uh would def feels if it was if we were the Rangers were a year forward and we maybe had more if I knew what quantities we had in Heedle and how Lafreniere uh, bears out or at least how he looks in terms of changing how how close is he to changing the overall uh, mental makeup of this team I think I'd be more comfortable with it I'm still I think there's a reason we haven't seen the Rangers do too much and it's not just cap crunch I do think a lot of it it has to do with the fact that. There is a lot of unknowns in in terms of you know the youngsters taking steps forward and where their ceilings seem to be and what are their trajectories and just I think that the front office wants to kind of feel that out before they 
they start slinging assets around, which makes sense to me. You know, I mean, it's one thing to go out and get a guy like Panarin who's just not available every day. And thank God they did. But uh, yeah, I, I think before they they fl- start using that draft capital that they're always so keen on reminding us they have a lot of. Uh, yeah, I, I assume that the time might uh, maybe not this season, but. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I'd like them to do it. I just kind of look at the cap crunch they're in for this season. And uh, yeah, who knows? Because maybe next, I mean, depending on what happens, uh, I don't know how much much longer Strom is for <laughs> the New York Rangers. You'd imagine that no matter what, with that two-year contract he just signed, uh, it's either he's not what he turns back into a pumpkin under with, playing with Panarin or despite playing with Panarin and they trade him because he's not worth it. Or they he gets this commands the same money by just repeating what he's done, and they're still like we can't pay. Him. So yeah, who knows if he gets traded at the deadline, uh, either this season or potentially even next season. Yeah, I I just think we don't know, but I think on just with he's definitely a player I would covet, and I think the New York Rangers would covet. You know, especially if you look at the type of players Quinn is always talking about and. They do have seem to have a lot of uh, as talented, you know, as talented as their top six is looking right now. I think they d- definitely want more of those all effort defensive guys, you know, to uh, round out their bottom six. Absolutely. I agree with everything that you say. I think if this is a year ahead in the future, I think the offer sheet would make a little bit more sense because I think you would have an idea of what you have in Strom. Uh, and also Sorelli is the type of player that um, I feel like he's almost like an addition that you add to a contender. If you're going to go after a player like that, uh, the lightning, obviously are cup contenders or the Stanley cup champions. So, you know, that's a guy that really complements that roster right now. And I think Sorelli would be a guy that the Rangers would need a little bit further down the road. But again, if they did offer sheet him and the Rangers did end up getting him, I'd be super excited. I mean, the kid brings so much to the table. He's young. He's a center, which the Rangers need desperately. Uh, I just think he'd be a tremendous asset to this team, uh, both offensively and defensively. So, uh, yeah. It, again, to answer your own question, we're just too early for that. But I would love to see an offer sheet. I'd love to be on you know that side of an offer sheet because uh, you don't you don't see it around the league a lot. So uh, I know there was a lot of hype about Marner possibly getting offer sheeted. This is probably the closest thing, um, you know, the hype that I've seen of uh, a player maybe getting offer sheeted, but probably won't in the, at the at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, if you offered a kid like you know, you'd be taking a gamble because it's only three years and it's maybe it starts as an overpayment, but. I mean, if you were able to offer six years with, you know, uh, with some term, you know, anything beyond three years, I mean, I think you would definitely be interested in taking it. Uh, or you would imagine, I don't, you know, I can't speak. There's some players that just shy away from big markets. We don't know. But uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, he's now he's got a, his name on a cup. So that kind of, you know, maybe he's uh, he's maybe now he's just solely looking to get paid. And now he's just looking at his uh, long-term prospect of getting and there's going to, you know, when you win a cup, it's, you can definitely, they might be able to go for some more. And I'm sure he's happy in Tampa, but at the same time, like I said, they're really uh, crunch for cap. And there's some guys in the pecking order above him that still need to get signed. And, you know, they have to shed salary and you imagine uh, they're going to try to move guys like corn and yeah. Uh, some of their other, maybe a plot. Uh, but at the same, you know, they, he's a the guy they don't want to lose, but at the same time, I think they're going to, they probably it's I don't know how it might be unlikely that they or there's a they're probably not comfortable giving him I can't see how Tampa would be comfortable giving him more than 5.5 for any uh, extended period of time so uh, yeah well I guess I guess we'll see it's def, he's definitely to your point he's definitely a player I think the Rangers would covet I just think right now with all the unknowns it's like I think they're afraid to to start shopping uh, before they know what they have yeah and I, I know this is a New York Rangers podcast, but I wanted to kind of bring this up also. Um, how much merit was the possible trade of Nylander to Philadelphia? I think it was. Was there, for, was there a rumor? Was it, I, th- I thought that I saw that in the morning skate group chat. Oh, like were, uh, for like Goss Despair or something or pro not pro. Yeah. But, uh, no, 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 no. I don't know. I didn't really hear anything about about that. I mean, I, I think I, I did hear in Toronto. Uh, sorry. To I could definitely. Off, but, 
No, I could definitely see because we know that Shane Gossis Bear has been shot has been shot by Philly. I think the last two years now they've been trying to find a taker for him. I think they want to add up front a little bit, and we know Toronto's looking for a defenseman, so maybe it'd be a fit. But Nylander is unless. Well, the thing is, I'm thinking if Nylander ends up going to Philadelphia, I guess it'd be Toronto then trying to scoop up Sorelli in some sort of offer sheet because that's a contract that I think would match. Because isn't uh, isn't Nylander making over six right now? Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. I think what is this contract? So Nylander, when he signed that contract with I think he only really has a, a handshake. Excuse me. Uh I don't know if they gave him no trade, but they gave him kind of like a handshake. Like, we're not going to trade you as long as you're uh, let me land our contract. Yeah, he makes, uh, oh, man, Uh, cap friendly. So Nylander makes, yeah, six, oh, Jesus, he makes close to seven. He makes six, uh, six, nine, uh, six, two. I'm just thinking of perfect fits for Sorelli, and that's just my hockey brain going off, but. I could see Toronto trying to cap get that if uh if uh sorry I'm like looking at their cap space also yeah um Tor- Tor- yeah Toronto definitely they're a team that's also a little crunch for cap you look at how much they're playing obviously moving Nylander would free up that yeah you do wonder that and and I think that's the problem is that I they definitely shouldn't trade Austin Matthews you know I think he's one of the best he's definitely one of the best players in the league he's not even his prime yet he's he fills the net and he's a, a sneaky underrated uh defend defensive player in the in transition in the neutral zone um you know Marner it's 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 but it's funny at the same time there's that part of me that Mitch Marner is the you know the Ontario boy and but I do feel like his you know, fans were really clamoring, you know, he because he has much like a Johnny Goudreau. It's like he's been good in the regular season. And then when the playoffs come, he kind of disappears a little bit. Just yeah, because they allow clutching and grabbing again. And the game is different in the playoffs. And yeah, and I know, you know, I don't know if fans want to admit this or have a hard time grasping this concept is that the NHL game in the regular season is a different than the NHL game in the postseason. <laughs> And smaller players that rely on their, uh, you know, the, that short burst, those quick uh, out of the corner, you know, accelerate, you know, accelerated plays, you know, get slowed down because the, the refs swallow their whistles. So, yeah. Uh, and you know, that, you that's know, why I think there's a problem with Marner. Yeah, no. And I would definitely agree. And I would go as far to say that it's funny because we've talked about this before, that there are some smaller players yeah. like uh, Danny Briere or Patrick Kane that like they almost or even, you know, like a Derek Broussard who's not the biggest. Just some of these guys that when the playoffs, they almost they get better. And it's insane despite being smaller guys. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with. Yeah, I think mental approach to playing like if you play like Marner is a water bug type player who uses his uh you know, his elusive skating to like try to beat guys to the outside all the time and burn around guys in short bursts, like you said. And that doesn't work. You almost have to be more direct and you have to attack and you have to force guys to be on their heels. And that's just kind of not, you know, he's trying to to beat guys in short. You know, he's trying to exploit seams that were there in the uh, during the regular season. But like you said, James, is there not you can you can clutch a little bit more. You can grab, you're going to play more attentive and you're going to close guys off a lot quicker. Yep. You're, yeah. So it's just, it's not possible. So I think, you know, it's funny because there's some guys like Matthew Barzell is a player who I think his has yet to figure that out. But I do think, I think I've seen improvement with him over time. He just, you know, right now you see him running around the perimeter a lot and he just needs to somehow, I think a lot of that has to do also with the quality of your line mates, but like, I think he's a guy that would definitely, I think he'll figure it out too, but I think he's a guy who also like Marner or even maybe a Goudreau that, that uh, the way they feast on guys in the regular season, how it doesn't translate in the postseason, uh with just, just being a, a tremendous skater is not enough. You know, you really do have to figure out how to attack and be smart and, yeah, and defer to your. You have to use your teammates more in the in the to get the puck to zip the puck around in the postseason. You can do less hero plays, uh, and it's got to be more. Um, yeah, it just has to. It, you have to use your teammates better, and you have to be smarter about when and how you attack. So, I think a guy like Barzell will figure that out. But as far as Goudreau and Marner at this point, yeah, we don't know. But well, I guess we'll see. Yeah, and and listen, I'm I'm one of those uh, you know firm believers that you know skating is number one in the playoffs you know if, if you have the wheels and the jets to you know the turn and burn then you know you could be dominant 
but it's the players that kind of, you know, are a little bit on the grittier side that might, you know, play in the corners and then squirt out where, you know, you might find yourself in trouble. But the players that, you know, pick up the speed, through, pick up speed through the neutral zone and look to turn and burn like a Barzell can do. And then, you know, he once once he hits the perimeter, though, he kind of slows down and and, you know, those plays aren't always there. So it's well, it's look, always, just look at. Just look at Sebastian Ajo, and he he absolutely exactly. clowned the Rangers. And he's yep. a, he's a pretty lithe guy. He's probably only like six foot and a uh, hundred and eighty something pounds, soaking wet. But I think the difference is he was definitely cagier and smarter about how he used his speed and when he attacks and when he fades into the wallpaper. Like Patrick Kane, it's like you know those guys right now. When I see Marner or Goudreau or you know even Barzell carrying the puck I see them trying to do a lot of the, a lot of it themselves and create for themselves when you're not if they're not giving you much it's going to be hard for you to create but if you're just patient and you're in good position and you know when to yeah when you if just those guys you know those it's just something that they have to figure out and I think you know some guys figured out and some guys haven't so uh yeah so hope you know the sooner those those other guys figure it out uh yeah, hope you know. I assume they'd have more success, but it's tough. And it's like you said, James, it's a different, it's a different game, and uh, it's just you can't, you know. And I, honestly, look at the Rangers. I just think they really, they were allowed to do things in the in the regular season last yes. year, and it surprised people. And then once we got to that, they had no answers in the postseason. So Nothing. that's not just that's everyone. So and that can come know, with but, experience too. So yeah, if you you know if you're a Ranger fan, you're pretty upset with how they played. Like we all were, you know, just know that they had a lot of, they had, you know, one of the youngest teams on paper, uh, you know, they had really no playoff experience at all as a unit. And, you know, it was a, a season where they overachieved and they came in playing a team that lost in the Eastern conference finals the year before, and they got their butt butts kicked, just an old fashioned butt whooping. And you had players like, you know, Aho that, stepped up and took advantage of the Rangers youth and inexperience and, and, uh, and Truba and D'Angelo and just went in on a breakaway and scored with ease and, and, and put the Rangers on, on the bus home. So, you know, listen, it's just a different game and hopefully the Rangers learned from it last year. Um, so let's get into the meat of the podcast, Andy. And, you know, before this we said, you know, we wanted to talk about the realignment and, what it means for the NHL, but more importantly, what it means for the fans, because a lot of rivalries I think are back throughout the league, and it's just so awesome to, uh, you know, maybe have a season where the Rangers and Devils and Islanders and Flyers are playing each other constantly, and you develop those, you know, rivalries. You know, there's too many times where the rain, well, too many seasons I should say, where the Rangers and Devils will they'll play each other. And then there's months in between, and then they'll play each other on a back-to-back, and the games don't really mean nothing because one of them stinks. And so, you know, they're not really fighting for a playoff spot. So it's just nice to see that, you know, that the NHL is going to set it up in a way that you're going to be playing, you know, your rivals, you know, a lot throughout the season. Yeah, and for anyone who doesn't know, as part of the return to play, obviously with the pandemic uh, an ever-changing uh, a nebulous situation. They, the league and the PA are looking to redraw divisions. Obviously, you know, we've heard all heard about the all Canadian division uh, because of the border restrictions, you know, and then uh, we have this fancy little map here that we can pull up. So everyone can look at it with us in real time. If you're listening to this as a podcast, uh, uh, yeah, we'll post uh, when this episode drops, I'll post a nifty little map so you can, you can see it along as well. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, thank you to the fine people at uh, Let's Go Blues Radio uh, for letting me look at this map that they've probably mocked up. I appreciate it. Let's Go Blues Radio. Uh, uh, if you're if you're watching this, uh, Let's Go Blues Radio. Thank you so much for letting us use this map, even though I just pulled up and I didn't ask you. Uh, but anyway. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. as we can clearly see, we have our all Canadian division. And then you just look at this mess of humanity. Uh, you know, you have Carolina and, and Columbus uh, leaving the Metropolitan Division and they are being replaced with uh, the Buffalo Sabres and uh, the Boston Bruins. But the only difference is now you see these colors. You, that's the only team you're going to be playing all season for 56 games if everything goes correct. So you just look at 
the the process of that you you know how many teams in the division one two three four five six seven eight right so you, you just imagine playing the islanders and the devils and the flyers uh not only that many times but some in short bursts as well like you know, especially, and I spoke about this a little bit last time, that there was talk that if, you know, worst case scenario, there is a scenario where instead of flying to all these teams, where you would have, uh, it would, you know, a, a team who played in a building where they were the only sports team would become a hub and people like teams would fly in and then play a series of games against them. So, yeah, I mean... I mean, look at the Canadian division. Can you imagine the oil, the oil, the Oilers and the, and the Flames are going to play each other? It's going to be yes. great, you know. So, I mean, uh, you know, the the title of this episode is "Rivalries Renewed?" Question mark. I don't think that we need a question mark. You know, absolutely, especially, and you compound that with the fact that there's only 56 games. If you do not get off to a good start, uh, that's it. You know, you ha- or if you have a bad stretch, you have to right the ship quick. So if all these teams that are putting on the line to play this season, uh, you have to make it count. So every game counts, I guess, more, you could say, or then in the past, it's not going to be just that random, like, you're not going to have that game where you're just randomly feeling at feeling out your team early in the season versus the San Jose Sharks. If you're, you know, a a Metro team, you know what I mean? Like, no more. I mean. If you look at football, obviously their schedule is 17 weeks, 16 games, and the fewer the games, the more meaningful those games are. So, you know, yeah, and in reality, if you had an 82-game schedule and now you're, you know, taking away about 30 of those games, yeah, those games, those points are a lot more important. And, yeah, you're right, absolutely, you have to have a hot start. I think there's only a few teams that even if they did have a cold start, they would find their way back into – uh, a playoff position the the only question i had andy and i have no idea if you answered this on the last podcast but uh are there expanded playoffs or what's the what's the playoff um uh, <laughs> format and so that's still being talked about right now we haven't heard anything official uh maybe by the time this you're listening to this podcast on monday james and i are recording this right before the weekend uh so you will have we will have received news or a statement from the the league as they try to hammer these things down we're only getting these we're getting this information in real time but um you know we do know that it get gary bettman really does not like expanded playoffs however you know it was nece- necessary last time and uh yeah i don't know if that's going to be something that the pa or even the hell even the league would be pushing for it's it i think under the, these circumstances it would seem like a good idea you know it was good and it worked last time uh, or it worked out fine last time. So, although you know people like Brian Burke were so mad that uh, a team in the extended playoffs, i.e., the Rangers, won the first overall pick, that's a different argument. But um, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you'd have to imagine because I mean, look at so if we're looking at these divisions, uh, everyone sees my cursor. Now, I mean, the Metro is an absolute bloodbath. You can maybe are I'd say every team, may, maybe the Devils. Honestly, the the you know you you maybe say well, Pittsburgh Penguins are another year older. They lose some pieces. They, Jim Rutherford makes some weird trades. Uh, Crosby Malkin are one year older. Latang's one year older. Uh, Tristan Jari's now the the man. Can he respond? So maybe they're an unknown. You know, Washington. Who knows how they're going to do running a Lundquist? Uh, still so weird to say that a Lundquist uh, Samsonov tandem. They're another team that's getting older. Who knows how that's going to go? But Boston is you're at you know you're getting as good as Carolina is. Uh, Boston is right up there, and they they uh, knocked Carolina out of the bubble. So you have Boston in the division. Uh, say what you will about Buffalo, they got better. They got Taylor Hall. They got uh, Eric Stahl to be their second line center. Uh, so they'll be much improved. And there's really you know like I said, outside of the Devils, like is there's not really a bottom feeder amongst this group. Maybe you could argue that perhaps on paper, maybe the Rangers seem like the second worst team in the division. And but I we the Rangers can surprise teams, and they're going to have a lot of talent. I'll be a young talent, so yeah, it's it's going to be an absolute bloodbath. But then on the other hand, you know you have the almighty Colorado Avalanche outside of Dallas and maybe St. Louis. They get to, and Vegas. Although I think I could argue, you could argue Vegas got 
worse. It's but even despite adding Petrangelo, they lost a few pieces. Now they're look apparently they're shopping Pacioretty to shed salary, but you know, uh, the sharks are a mess. LA's rebuilding. The ducks are rebuilding. The coyotes are, have imploded. Like, you know, Colorado's going to easily like Colorado's going to dummy that they, and they get to play Colorado gets to play these. And, you know, I'll say Dallas and St. Louis. And uh, that's another thing. St. Louis being there is weird considering how close they are to these teams. But apparently that was, they wanted that, but that's different. But yeah, I mean, you know, you look at their path to the postseason, and you look at the Rangers path to the postseason, and it's night and day. Like if I, if I could, if we could switch with Colorado, that would be amazing, but we can't, you know, and then you look at Tampa, you know, outside of you have the Detroit, which is a mess. You have uh, Nashville, which is okay. Nashville's an all right team. The Hawks, which are rebuilding. Minnesota, which is are, are also rebuilding. They'll get Kaprizov, but at the same time, they're not the team they once were. So, yeah, I mean, the Canadian different uh, division is a little bit different. You know, you can argue that they're maybe a little bit more balanced as well, despite the fact that uh, the Senators... Um, and to a lesser extent, the Jets are pseudo retweaking, rebuilding, but the Metro is the hardest division to be in. So every game in the Metro is going to be an absolute bloodbath. We've got hockey talk. Those are the moments you're a sports fan for. Um, those are the moments where, you know, you're down through nothing and the team has this amazing comeback. And the guy who you want, who you really are thinking this needs to be the star of this team has a hat trick we've got beer it has a unicorn on the can uh, an easy drinking beer that's just delicious we want to help you understand the sport you love better what kind of things are you looking for to understand the game better or what you know what's a couple of things someone who's watching the game at home when things start up here in a few weeks or if they're watching college hockey what's going on right now what kind of things would they be looking for to try and understand the game better or what's happening in the game that sort of thing sure yeah, it's a great question, and I think it's it's something that's evergreen. Um, Listen to Jackets Debrief, part of the Hockey Podcast Network, and available wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. And, uh, Andy, see, this is where I, I kind of disagree with you. I think really? people look at the logos of the teams, and they automatically associate where that team is going to be You know, at the end of the year. I can tell you right now, Pittsburgh, they ain't gonna. They ain't gonna find this season very, very uh, welcoming. You know, they're not gonna like this new format. Pittsburgh stinks. Okay, they're at the bottom. Buffalo is Buffalo. I don't care if you add McDavid, <laughs> Patrick Kane, and Austin Matthews. That team is gonna find its way out out of the playoffs. Buffalo stinks. Then you got the Washington Capitals. I don't think Ovechkin. This is a challenge. I'm challenging Ovechkin. I don't think Ovechkin is going to make. Uh, he's not going to give a full effort this season. And I just think you added Hank. Hank kind of is at the end of his. You know, do these older players really want to take this season seriously? I'm sure. I'm sure they'll try, or they'll they're, they'll try to try if that makes any sense. So Washington stinks. Philly probably will win this entire division. Uh, they just have regular season champions. Uh, Elaine Vigneault is the coach and they're just going to end up being, they're not going to win the cup, but they'll win the regular season. The devils, you know, they're rebuilding. They got some, uh, good young players, but we're going to beat the living crap out of the devils all season long. We got Igor in net. Uh, he's, he's going to take over, um, He's going to just take over this metropolitan area. Then you got the Islanders. Yeah, they're very well coached. They'll be there, but I, I think they'll they'll digress from last season. And then you got the Boston Bruins, another older team. They got the best line in hockey. I don't know how they're going to be day in and day out against the same competition. So guess what? I think they're going to take a step back from last year. I think the Rangers are going to be in it. I think the Rangers are going to be right in that middle to the top, top of the standings. And don't be surprised that all these teams that you're so used to seeing at the top of the standings kind of fall back this year. So that's that's no, my run no, at the, the I, Metro. I don't I, know if that's called the Metro division still. I don't know if they... they well, that's it. another thing. If you're going to redraw the divisions, you got to give them names. And they rename should, them, for sure. Yeah, rename them. Come up... You know, I don't know if you want... If they're going to call them, like, go back to calling it, like, the Patrick and the, you know, the Camel and all that other stuff. But... You know, if it's going to only if this is only for one season, uh, hopefully, you know, knock on wood, then they should have some fun with it and, you know, have like, you know, the Canadian vision can be the whatever the 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 Sundin division. And then, uh, 
the maybe you can have the Korea division in the West, and maybe you know you can have the I don't know the Van Beesbrook division for Florida and some of the Central teams because uh, Beezer played for uh, the Hawks, didn't he? Right. Uh, yeah, I believe he did. And yeah. then and then, hell, and then call make uh, you can make the Yager division or the Lindros division. Uh, yeah, the uh, yeah. you know the the Metro. He's played right. He played for yeah. the. Lindros played for uh, the Flyers and the Rangers, and or, or what? Yager probably played for the most. He played for the Rangers, the Penguins, the Devils, uh, the Bruins for a very short. The Flyers, yeah. Call the Yager division, right? Yeah, it's got to be yeah, the Yager. Definitely the Yager division. All right. hashtag hashtag Yager division uh, is is what uh, is going to be our, a new hashtag. We're gonna we're gonna start, James. Right right now, I'm I'm starting it right now. Hashtag Yager division. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that makes the most sense. Uh, and then, and then looking at, uh, well, I don't know what you you pulled the blue one. I forget what you named that one. I but, said Korea because you had Paul Korea played for uh, San Jose and Colorado. Uh, that's only two. Okay. I don't know. Maybe you could call. I'm trying to think. Uh, Hull division. Uh, yeah. Ooh, Hull. Uh, well, Hull. Yeah, Hull played for the Stars and and the Blues. Uh, yeah, he was like. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think if there's someone out there who has played for more of those teams. I'm trying to think. Medano played for the Stars, and then I guess uh, did he? Was Medano ever a Coyote? I know he, he worked for them, but was he ever a Coyote? I, I don't remember. think he was ever a Coyote. No, I don't know. It'd probably be something like Brett Hedick and uh, played for a bunch of those teams. I didn't know it, but uh, I'll figure it out. Or but you're you're absolutely. Division, I mean, the Coyotes are might get mur- like. They might quit the season. I feel that, that's how bad I feel. I think they, they, well, you hear there was obviously some owners came to the league and were like, it, "We're going to lose money, like we to do this." Uh, and they were definitely a, among them. You know, you have to imagine Melnick. They, use, they lose money when the season's regular. So what are exactly. they crying about? You can't complain if you're always going to lose money and then not yeah. this is you're going to lose well, money. This you know, might, what difference does that make? I you imagine that I think they it was said that the league is going to have like extend some credit to the to the the teams in the league you know and this is this is right on the heels of they had the the annual uh, Forbes evaluation of all the NHL franchises number one New York Rangers uh and I tweeted out well you know for the amount of money I pay just to sit next to Dance and Larry in the upper deck it better be number one you know what I mean like where's that money going um or you get- if you want a foot long hot dog and a beer, you know, you got to take out a second mortgage. So, uh, <laughs> no, that's, yeah, they you, better be worth a pretty penny. You ain't kidding. And every time they ask you double, single or double, you got to get the double. Everyone knows that because I'm not going yeah. back. You're losing money if you're not getting the double. <laughs> you really scary. are losing money. You, really you can't money. miss a minute of that game because no. you're already not getting your money's worth. So, exactly. Uh, uh, especially the D zone coverage last year. Yeah. Uh, I, I look okay, forward so, to the day we can go back to MSG and you and I can just rate the concessions when it's uh, safe to return as a hockey fan. But that's that's a future podcast. Yeah, well, hopefully not too far in the future. Uh, the Canadian division, I want to talk about a little bit because I, this is where I think, this is where I really think you're going to get a lot of good rivalry hockey. I think this is where it'll kind of be renewed. We all saw last year, with the drama between the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames, can't that's must watch hockey. Like those games, that's must watch. Even if the Rangers are playing, I'm flipping just to see. Obviously, the time difference might be a little off, obviously, but so that doesn't make any sense. Uh, but Canadians, Toronto Maple Leafs, I think there's going to be some sort of uh, rivalry there. And I, you know, who's my surprise winner for that division is the Ottawa Senators. I think Ottawa Senators are going to take that division. Because I like, they have a good young really? core. They have some grittiness to them. They have grittiness to them. And I, I just like them to come out of that division. I, I'm telling you, I really do think that this season, besides uh, the Korea division, you're going to see a, a, a new team on top. I really do. And uh, what what's the uh, red, uh, the south? I don't even know. Oh, what did I say? The, the, I, I called the Van Beesbrook. The Van Beesbrook. But, you know, I'll have to. I'm sure I can come up with, yeah, this, that was just off the top of my head. I'm sure there is someone who has played for, let's see, uh, you know, so Sergei Fedorov played for Detroit and he also played for the CBJ. Uh, that's really it. I'll come. Yeah. But I'm going with the Beezer division. I just like, I think, you know, I just think it, it fits. Okay. 
I'll, I'll, if I come up with better names, we'll, we'll change it. Well, the Beezer division is a fire name just as its own. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that division, obviously, I think Carolina will do well. I, I don't think they'll win it. Um, you know, I, I, I obviously you have to, you know, all bend the knee to the Stanley Cup champions, Tampa Bay Lightning. I think they ultimately win that division. But there's a lot of teams that are just middle of the pack where I, I don't think any team in that division will ever be out of the, the playoff until like the last like, uh, you know, 10, five to 10 games. I really think that that division is probably the most competitive, evenly matched teams. I, I really do think that. So uh, uh, Minnesota, I, I, they're one of those teams that no matter how bad I think they are, they just always find a way to hover right in the middle. So yep. again, yep. Detroit is bad, but you know, I, I don't know. Like they'll be bad. They probably won't be in it. Never mind. I take back what I said. That <laughs> Mark, Mark, Mark Stahl is, is going to play on their second pairing. So who yeah, knows? So maybe they're, maybe even they're, if, if listen, uh, if they're, if they're, they're still tanking, they were hoping to get Lafreniere and they, you know, they get Raymond, who's a good player, but they're still going to, they're still looking for their centerpiece. They didn't get it. So they're going to be, they're going to try again. Definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the whole, the whole thing with these divisions and you're only going to be playing those teams is that I, I really do think it's benefits the teams that are, you know, the middle of the pack. They're grit. They have grit to them. Uh, you know, they're willing to grind out, you know, that East Coast uh, Hockey League type of schedule. Because in the East Coast, in the ECHL, you know, to save money on call, travel costs, they do go and play a team like three games and four nights. So yeah. it looked like you had something to say. No, uh, you know, it's a really good point. And also, I think the other thing is until, you know, we, we saw today there was reports that obviously uh, the league is going to look into uh, privately purchasing vaccines for their teams and operation staff. But, you know, uh, they're also right now talking about the size roster size and having larger taxi squads, because until, uh, you know, vaccines are widely available, like guys are going to test positive. It's going to happen. So you're going to need a, a lot of fill-ins. So who knows? Like right now, the the challenges the teams and the league itself are facing are unlike anything else. Like under normal circumstances, the schedule would be uh, could be just, you know, just, you know, just a short, a condensed enough schedule, you know, with a different alignment could just really lead to a lot of surprises. I think you're going to see a lot just it's based on if, if just one team, unfortunately is unluckier than the rest and uh, a bunch of guys test positive, you know, at crucial moments, you know, like, like I said, they'll keep on trucking, but to the best of their ability. But if it's your goaltender, that's a little bit different if it's your, uh, you know, if it's a guy in your fourth line. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where that, uh, you know, and I think that also goes to see, I think you, I was thinking about this, that, you know, with how up in the air everything is especially even with the ahl they're looking at a february 5th start date they don't won't have the resources that the national hockey league has uh, you have to wonder if they're going to be even more susceptible to this i do wonder if if uh teams call up prospects you know or to to be part of their taxi squad and try to get them in more games even if they're maybe not technically ready for nhl action but they don't want to stall this kid's development by sending him down to a league where you know you know games are getting canceled and some teams are opting not to play and uh well, I yeah I, I think, for you. yeah yeah let's let's hear it. um what what's the what burns a year on a uh prospects uh a contract Ooh, it's well so it's uh is it what 10 nine, nine games anything nine beyond games nine games are a normal season though but yeah um, well i think that i think that's one of the things they're talking about you know i think a, a big, you know, one of the things they're talking about is the uh, the salary structure for call ups and you know guys who, or you know, for your taxi squad, or that you can designate a number of guys who can will be able to that against the cap too. Uh, I think I think it it I think it'll well. So like, last I heard, within the cap, if like. Say Patrick Kane gets COVID, so he's out too. Well, I think if I think if you get COVID, your your cap hit is does not count. I, that's what okay. I thought they were talking about. But again, nothing is official yet. These are the things they're hammering out right now, including uh, you know, including uh, 
two two way salaries and things of that nature for call ups and um you know I think you're we're gonna have a lot of uh, this will be the one season we have a lot you have a lot of um uh, I don't know if what you want to call it like they'll make a lot of exceptions or come up with ways to you know things that would be a problem on paper in any other season just they're gonna have workarounds basically so I think you know if you if while you are on I if you were on a special two week IR for uh. You know, I don't think your your cap hit counts, uh, and I think there's going to a lot of things for guys, salary structure for guys. You know, with clearing waivers and call ups and things of that nature, uh, I think that's going to be modified heavily as well. So we'll have to see what they come up with. But that's definitely, I think I saw Dredger tweeted. That's one of the the big things that was on the table. Yeah. So um, obviously, dealing with that, the paperwork, the uh, the new proposals. Uh, it's got to be crazy, but to talk about the style of hockey that's going to be played this season and how it affects the Rangers, I just kind of described how, who I think the successful teams will be, the ones that can play that physical game that can kind of grind out just that grueling, you know, day after day playing the same team over and over again. I think those teams will survive and 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 kind of rise to the top. Uh, how how do you see the Rangers handling? either that type of style or do you see them adopting something a little bit different given their youth and some of their new newer faces on the team? Well, as embarrass, embarrassing as it was to lose the way they did in the playoffs, you can argue it might be that we've said this before. This might be one of the looking back in the future in hindsight, this might be one of the best things that's ever happened to them because to have that come to Jesus moment to figure out that, they that physicality and energy for energy's sake is not it, it's not what it was about you know that first game the rangers were trying to fly around and hit everything in sight but with no purpose and then they still got embarrassed and just to be to be aggressive but to also give no time and space but to also be responsible and to be you know off, with your play off the puck and to be sound defensively uh that they i you know they had a whole summer to after the bubble to look at themselves and say why did that why were we so bad after being so good like what happened and why didn't we why yeah why did we not even make a dent in carolina's armor and that's why because they just didn't they didn't they don't understand how to play with structure but you know you have to imagine they have been reflecting they're going to go with a little bit revamp to their their coaching staff jacques martin is a pretty uh lauded uh hockey mind you know pittsburgh with with on paper not the best defensive core over the last few years has been a good defensive unit and i think a lot of that is his doing uh so yeah i think the rangers can adapt you know i think kako will be his playoff the puck last season as a rookie was bad i don't think it will be as bad now you know he'll definitely be uh more confident and stronger if, if the kako we saw in the bubble was any indication of the one who we're going to get um he should be confident and should hound pucks more and be more apt of his foot speed. Lafreniere, uh, luckily, as a first overall pick, is that one of the, he is pretty heavy on the puck and he he's you know I would say he's borderline dominant on the puck as he hounds pucks, he hunts pucks. He when if he doesn't have it, he wants to get it back. You know, I'm not saying he's like a two way machine because he's you know at the at the end of the day he's more of an offensive player, but he's heavy in and he's heavy in on guys in the corner. Uh, he's heavy when tracking the puck. He's pretty good at stealing. He's got a good stick. So you're adding yet another, you could argue maybe uh, more defensively sound player than a, than a, maybe a Ryan Strom to your top six. That's a good thing. And yeah, I think the good thing is that you look at, you know, everyone talks about Steve Eiserman for the first few years of his career, just being such a good offensive player, but it wasn't until he was challenged to really become a better defensive player that he, you know, became the leader that everyone lauds now as one of the, you know, one of the best uh, players in the history of the NHL. So I just think it was good. They had this kind of come to Jesus moment about like, Oh, we need to change fundamentally change our approach because all the freewheeling, you know, feel good hero stuff, the five goal games and the, the pretty passing plays and the power plays stuff we, we had going the regular season. It, it didn't mean shit in the postseason. So I think the Rangers can adapt. And I think Quinn, I think that's been on the board for them, or at least what Quinn has communicated to them is that, uh, you know, as good as things were going forward, this is the unit we're going to, this is what we're, what we're trying to become. So, you know, yeah, hopefully they take that to heart and hopefully that's what we see on the ice. 
Yeah, so, you know, I do think the Rangers are going to be one of those teams that will improve vastly defensively. Uh, they're going to need it because, you know, they they are playing a bunch of teams that are going to be able to score goals. And they're going to be able to wear down on you and, you know, pin you in the zone for minutes at a time. And you're going to just have to weather the, that storm. And I, I thought last year we just didn't do that. We collapsed. We, you know, let them have the middle of the ice in our own zone. It just how many times did, you know, a guy streaking down just be wide open in the slot? It's just like this is the NHL. That should never happen. That's peewee hockey. And, you know, it's exciting to have, a, you know, a new face in there. You know, overall, I think the Rangers defensively will improve. I just, I think by default, they really just can't get any worse. <laughs> but offensively, I'm a little bit scared. I have faith in the Rangers, but I am a little bit scared that last year we relied a lot on, you know, our, our superstars, you know, Panarin, Zibanejad. You know, I, I'm afraid that in this type of environment, in this type of season, that those guys can get run down very quickly. And teams are going to really have systems set for their opposition. And I really do think one of those is going to be shut down the Rangers superstars and, and you'll, uh, you'll limit their chances, their opportunities, and you'll be able to squeak out wins in a low scoring uh, hockey game. Uh, that's what I worry about the most. Cause I really do think that the coaching style this season is really going to change playing the same teams over and over again. You'll have specific game management game plans set for each team you play and the Rangers it could get scary if teams realize shut down the superstars you shut down the New York Rangers I definitely would agree with that and you know it's funny we've much has been made about oh Quinn's probably going to start Lafreniere in the third line but at the same time uh if Heedle is up to the task you know you would hope the Rangers were hoping he would second step into that 2c role last season it didn't happen but he comes back here even yet stronger and hopefully more confident and more developed. And you, you add Lafreniere to that line and whoever you want to put on their opposite wing, whether it's a, a Julian Gauthier or if you if Quinn doesn't want Howden as a fourth liner, maybe Brett Howden. But, you know, who knows? Maybe that might be the best to your point, James. That might actually be the best thing to do if you're going to if they're going to try to do that to the Rangers. The Rangers need scoring in their bottom six and, need depth. you know, so they need depth. So. You know what? Maybe if you're going to have. So I think the, the the one nice thing about adding Lafreniere is all of a sudden there is a chance that one of him or on that left side, one of him or Kreider is going to be on the third line. And that's just that trickle down effect. So at least you would hope that your third line can do something. Uh, we hope Heedle is ready to step up. We know Strom and Panarin already have chemistry. You lose Jesper Foss, unfortunately, but Kako, you hope, is ready for that role full time. And same thing with Butch. Uh, who who ends up slotting on which line? Who knows? I I could definitely still see. It'll probably I you know we've talked about this ad nauseum I'm sure, but you know I could still see Kreider's advantage at uh, Nevich and then Panarin, and Strom, Kako to start, and then Lafreniere, Heedle, uh, and like I said, whoever you know, whether it's Julian Gauthier or Brett Howden or hell even Lemieux if he wants to play on the third third line for. And then that bottom six is just whoever makes that a camp, whether it's Rooney or Morgan Barron or uh, Phil Giuseppe or, you know, whatever. All those guys, those cast of characters. Uh, but you, I think you're right that it's, I think, more than ever, it, you're you're going to have to have try to have four lines that can can produce for you because, and I think that's the one thing these other teams have on the Rangers. As, as many nice pieces the Rangers have some of these teams are even if their highs aren't as high they might be a little bit more balanced throughout and again that's that could re you're right that could really hurt them this year so uh yeah you, you gotta hope they're ready and I, I think it's one of those things we're not going to really even know because we're not even getting exhibition games we're not going to know until that first puck drops and that after that first period we're going to see what what the Rangers kind of have going on yeah you know I and I do like the Rangers goaltending I think uh there'll be comfort in that area uh, of the locker room, knowing that it's just, you know, the duo, the duo will be important. You know, obviously Igor and Georgie are going to split time. I'd imagine maybe a slight lean favoring uh, Igor, but again, it's going to, it's going to be a grueling season. You're going to have to grind it out. And, you know, I, I do worry about the Rangers, but ultimately I do think they are professionals and I really, truly believe in our superstars. So I do think, 
I really do think we figure things out and we find a way to get into the playoffs. Now, I don't know how the playoffs will work, but I would imagine, I mean, at the very minimum, the top four from each division. Uh, yeah, like I said, I will see what their league comes that up give, with. Yeah, that would give you the 16 teams. So if the expansion is more than that. I definitely see the Rangers in there. If there's like a, I don't know, another wild card, like spots at the end of that so um yeah I, I i see the rangers there i really do so um yeah also i had another question for you too um looking at uh the the youth that the rangers and devils both have do you do you see the devil's youth blossoming as much as the as the rangers like do you think this is a breakout season for hughes uh, as much as you know, Kako and Lafreniere. I, I, you know, Hughes. I think can definitely have a breakout season. Uh, you, but as can Kako, uh, Lafreniere. You know, we. I think Rangers fans might be, and just fans in general might be a little like, listen, we we were all ready to say Kako is going to steamroll the league, and it, that wasn't the case. But you know, you'd have to imagine Lafreniere is all. You know, he's late birthday. He's plenty strong enough he's already shown he can play uh he's used to not he's used to operating with little time and space his his hockey iq is higher than kako's um so i don't worry about him as much but listen i the devils i think can surprise people this season i don't know if ultimately uh no holtz is is gonna play in the shl this season i think he's i think he's gonna be a good player yeah listen i you know i uh the Devils are going to be. Listen, I think Nico Heischer is one of the most underrated players in the league, and I think he's going to open a lot of eyes sooner rather than later. He's yeah, I excellent... have him as. Yeah, I was going to mention his name with, along with Hughes, but Nico is established to me. Yeah, but I think there he's got another. I think he can. He's a guy that can maybe get to that Couturier level. Like, oh, he was always just good defensively, but he doesn't produce. But then all of a sudden, we're like, oh, this kid is like a good producer and. But he needs to cast around him. That's the thing. He's not a guy who's going to put it up by himself, but I think he's a guy. And so, yeah, listen, uh, the, the Devils, uh, you know, I think they will be good. I think their problem is for they've already whiffed on a lot of guys they shouldn't have whiffed on. You know, they got they got rid of Miles, um, not Miles Wood. Uh, who, who did they trade to Tampa? Who was excellent for them? Oh, like um, Blake Coleman, who was excellent. Blake Coleman, you, Coleman. you know, and they're, now they're going to when before they can they're going to need a guy like that back eventually when they're ready to compete but that time's not yet so it's not a big deal you know soup that suban uh, trade was, was looking terrible unfortunately um you know he's a guy that who kind of fell off a cliff a bit but who knows maybe he can rebound nicely you know they have ty ty smith uh i don't know if he's going to play for them you know it's a question for our friend neil about which devil's uh, prospects should play but uh yeah and obviously they're not going to see a Dawson, Dawson Mercer this season. They're not going to see Holtz this season. They're not going to see uh, Shakir uh, Mukhamadoul in this season. But uh, yeah, they're they're a few years behind the Rangers, I think, just in terms of even though the Rangers are also have acquired young talent, they've also started. They were a little bit more, you know, they uh, aggressive and they started out earlier where the Devils kind of had to. They were rebuilding, but then they weren't. But they also get you know, Subban two seasons ago or for no reason and you know, but. Listen, they could be good, and I think I think like you had mentioned earlier, under this current format, teams can surprise you. And I think even if they're on paper a worse team, you're going to play them that many times. So, as the odds of you winning all those times, you know, they can. There's going to be, uh, yeah. I just think just by law of averages, I think you're going to lose to teams that you probably shouldn't. At least yeah, a few you're times, you're going to have to. But I, I'd, and I wouldn't look into that. Uh, yeah, you know, too crazy. You know what I mean? Like you're going to have, you know you're going to have splits, you know, it's just going to be the nature of the season. I, I really do. And like I said, the only division where I really see like teams really pulling away is, uh, you know, the Korea division. So uh, I think, you know, luckily the division that we're in the Yager division, you're going to see every team kind of be hovering in the same spot. So uh, you, do you have yeah. something to say? Or are you, you're jacked up? I'm just giving you a you thumbs up every time you're, you're, uh, referencing you're, you're your my, 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 my division names. Yes. Well, you got me. I, I don't will... even know the names of the divisions. I don't, I have no idea if they, the division. that's why that's, I'm so out of touch right now. 
you know, I, you know, when I heard about, you know, the season, I texted you, you ignored me. Apparently you were getting your phone fixed, which, you know, I, I forgive you, but, um, <laughs> here, yeah, yeah, I was getting my phone fixed. Um, no, but, uh, you know, overall I, I'm pumped and I love the format. I, I love this season. I love everything about it. I don't know if it's just hockey being back in general, but I, I really do love this, you know, style of hockey. It's East Coast Hockey League. Rivalries are back. You know, hockey's the hockey games are going to be tough. They're going to be passionate. And uh, and I like where the Rangers are. Like they're, you know, kind of an underdog, but not really. They got some superstars. So much to so much to watch and uh, and and learn, you know, from the New York Rangers this year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think today, as we record this, it's been uh, we we're finally getting let's see, like, you know, we thought the seat, although and that's knock on wood because we you don't want to yeah. uh, you don't want to count your chickens before they hatch. But it sounds like the the league and the and the players are they're kicking the economic, uh, you know, the cap can't you know, the escrow cap uh, uh, issues down the road a bit. They're just going to outline their season they should be good they're gonna they're gonna go with the cba they agreed on for now uh and hockey should be coming back you know uh, it sounds like the pfizer vaccine received approval from the fda so hopefully they should be announcing that in a few days and hopefully frontline workers and people in healthcare can get that uh sooner rather than later so it just seems like finally thing the things we wanted are coming our way so like i said don't put the cart before the horse i'm knocking on wood but uh, it seems like good things are, are can potentially be coming back to us. And no matter what form the hockey that we get to watch comes, I'd be excited to watch it. You know, it could be they could play all their games in the same rookie old barn. And I would love every moment of it just because, you know, we love hockey. We can't wait for it to come back. But uh, yeah, it's something that we think you think of as a concession, it can really surprise you. You know, the bubble was way better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, I, you know, I, I know I had one, I had one final question, you know, yeah, before sure. we wrap things up here tonight is, um, you know, what can people expect in terms of a timeline here of, you know, uh, invites to camp, uh, when the Rangers will report to camp and, you know, uh, you know, basically what to expect, you know, along the timeline from now until January 3rd, which I believe is the, the tentative timeline for teams to get back. Uh, yeah training camp so um as far as the canadian teams go i i don't know what in each province i think has a different um has a different you know provincial protocol for how long you have to quarantine upon coming into the country i don't know if if nhl players will be given special exceptions for that but uh i know the tentatively i think the if you remember the non-playoff teams from the bubble tried we're trying to get extra time or had agreed that you're going to give us extra time to have more you know an extra week of playing of training camp because we haven't played in you know since march so yeah. i believe the plan is for those teams to start their training camps on december 31st uh so they get like a, a three or four day head start and then the rest of the league joins them on the third for their training camp with the january 13th start date uh you know in terms of t i'm sure like you said, each the provincial rules and the state rules and and for uh, quarantine is different. I don't know if special exceptions will be given out. So you imagine if you there's some places where you might have to quarantine a full week before, so you're going to get a week there a week early. You know, we know that Keandre Miller uh, and Alexi Lafreniere are already here in Westchester. I'm sure guys like Chris Kreider are there. Uh, I think Keandre and Alexi are actually living with the same billet family. So they're, they're already forging a bond and hanging out. And, uh, you know, they're already, I'm sure they're at the training center every day, working out and getting on the ice. And, uh, so yeah, so there's some guys that Panarin's already in the area, I believe. So, uh, you know, I'm sure you'll see you, Mika and Butch, I'm sure will will uh, and Kako should be coming over. I'm sure maybe right. At, I don't, uh, you know, uh, probably right after christmas uh, just to get it situated you know who knows uh but at the same time is i don't know when swedish christmas is is it the same time i'm not sure or finish christmas for that matter or i don't know i, I have no idea but you, you have to imagine like i said those guys are gonna give themselves ample you know the team will make sure those guys come over uh brian burke was saying that you know the holidays that the whole reason that from the beginning the the january first date was doomed is that would require a lot of guys to travel before christmas yeah. 
and that wasn't going to happen. They wanted with their families. So he thought that was doomed from the start, but that's hence we have a January 13th. So yeah, guys are going to have holidays with their families. And then the day after Christmas, uh, I'm sure you'll see a lot of them getting on planes and, and either coming over to the U S or, uh, going to the, if you're playing, if you're a, a U.S. citizen playing in Canada, going over to Canada to quarantine. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I, for us, definitely, you know, January, uh, January 3rd, we're going to finally have, uh, yeah, we're going to have all that stuff. We, we get all amped for footage on the Rangers Twitter page from, uh, training camp um oh just to just as an aside the rangers today on their twitter dropped a behind the scenes of the draft video which is excellent if you haven't watched it it's uh it's really great james have you watched it yet i have not i I told you i've been so out of the loop oh yeah sorry yeah james is the same the same personal issue that kept james from our last podcast which uh yeah it's uh james has a lot going on right now so we appreciate him making this work uh james thank you so much for making this work tonight because i know you were literally uh don't make it, the candle don't make it sound ends. like i'm like a, a, a guest that like took the time out to come join it you're not a guest but you know what to say like it's uh it's yeah no like i just want the the, the listeners to know james works really hard for all of you to put this podcast together so he's uh <laughs> yeah. he's literally he's literally pack he's taping up boxes with his toes right now as i'm talking to you on uh i plug the in podcast. the mic that andy got me uh, and Andy's just the whiz behind everything else. So, um, you know, basically, you know, with my work schedule right now, I'm, I'm just hoping Andy, you know, tolerates me. So, uh, things will calm, calm down, uh, hopefully right around the start of the NHL season. And then, you know, then we'll be, you know, hitting the ground running. So absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so thank you everyone for, uh listening to us uh hopefully if you are listening to this on monday it's by now you should have heard at least uh some news from either the league the nhlpa or some of the uh noted insiders whether it's mckenzie or darren drager and uh, elliot friedman about uh what the league having tentative plans where we've like i said we've already heard about division realignments and tentative start dates so you know if we can get that uh, confirmed from gary in the horse's mouth itself that would be absolutely great and then we can start officially getting geared up. But don't worry, until then, uh, we are one week out from World Juniors, and uh, that'll be very, very, or at least uh, for teams reporting to the bubble for World Juniors. So uh, you have some hockey's on the horizon. You have World Junior Hockey coming up. Hopefully, uh, it's, you know, that tournament's been affected by COVID heavily, but at the same time, there still should be some good hockey plates. I'm sure I can't wait to talk about that with uh, James in the coming episodes. And we can't wait to talk more when we have more info on the upcoming NHL season. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod. And please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.